Hi everyone, this week of Illuminatics, we will be discussing how PEE has negatively impacted our economy and what the stricter laws are that are planned for 2022. So stay tuned because we're going to have a good show ahead. Hey, welcome to Freedom Nautics. This is a production of the Freedom Education Network. Uh, my name is Sholin, and this week I'm joined by Gabriel Krauser, who is the head of campaigns at the Institute of Race Relations. It's good to have you back on the show. Um, Gabriel, how are you doing? I'm good, Sholin. Happy to be here. Thank you. No, that's good. So first up, we will be looking at um, one of our fan explainer videos. And this one is titled BE Blatant Elite in Enrichment. So we'll have a quick watch and then discuss it a bit afterwards. So, yeah. While its supporters in politics, business, and the media won't tell you this, most South Africans know the truth. BEE has failed. What is BEE? BEE is a policy by which the South African government punishes businesses that don't hire enough Black people. BEE relies on apartheid-era categories of race, essentially bringing back to life like Frankenstein's monster, the Population Registration Act of 1950, the cornerstone of apartheid racism. While we can all agree that Black South Africans, after decades of being locked out of the economy, deserve to be economically empowered through proper jobs, we must ask, has BEE achieved this? The Nobel Prize-winning economist Milton Friedman said, one of the greatest mistakes is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. So has BEE helped to uplift Black South Africans and tackle unemployment? No. Since BEE became government policy in 2005, employment in general and Black unemployment specifically has gotten worse, not better. Have ordinary South Africans benefited from BEE perhaps in other ways? No. Polling data shows that the vast majority, more than 80% of Black South Africans, have not benefited from BEE. Far from ensuring that businesses give ordinary Black people a fair economic chance, BEE has actually ensured that many businesses pay politically connected people to make powerful friends. As early as 2007, Khalima Mutlante, then the ANC's Secretary General and later South Africa's third Black President, acknowledged that BEE fuels corruption. Yet, the ANC has doubled down again and again on BEE, a policy keeping ordinary people poor, but making the rich and powerful even richer. Let's call out BEE for what it is, not Black economic empowerment, but blatant elite enrichment. Your freedom is worth fighting for. Join FAN today to build a new tomorrow. Yeah, so we, we just watched the explainer video, which basically gives us a brief view of BEE. 
And Gabriel, my first question to that I'd like to post to you is where did BE um originate from and what was its initial intentions? So its original intentions were basically to uplift black South Africans that had been badly oppressed. And I mean black in the broader sense, black, Indian, and colored, uh, since the formation of South Africa. A noble intention indeed. Where did it come from? Well. Uh, there's one story I could tell which dates back to 18, 19th century German uh, political theory and the development of the race-based state and race-based policy there. Uh, more immediately, uh, it comes out of the transition and from apartheid into an all-race democracy. And it, I think that there are a couple of strands worth identifying. One is uh, a, a good intention being matched with, uh, I, I think, some some very reasonable thoughts, right? So if government is the problem, if government's oppressing black people is the problem, it might mean that government's uplifting black people on the basis of their race is the right solution. It's like a mirror image solution to what the original problem was. So some people believed that, and uh, they argued for BEE. You also had... Uh, a very explicit program coming out of the African National Congress for National Democratic Revolution. And this had been official policy since Mankhaung Conference uh, decades and decades ago when the ANC was in exile and was heavily under the influence of the Soviet Union. And uh, explicit policy documents signed on by Thabo Mbeki, for example, as BEE legislation, as we now understand it, was passed, said that the ANC has to infiltrate its own cadres into every aspect of the South African economy, but particularly the commanding heights, so that people sympathetic to the party will be able to basically force their own employees and their own business communities to become sympathetic to the party as well. So this is not so much about black and white as about ANC versus IFP versus DA versus ACDP and so on. And the ANC wanted hegemony using cater deployment with BEE as a fig leaf was explicitly a way to do so in the early 2000s. So already you can see that there are multiple intentions involved from the very beginning in rolling yeah. out BEE. Sure. And since then, eh, because it has a complicated history and it's been coming on for a long time, as you say, while they were even in exile, part of the National Democratic Revolution. And with all of its brilliant intentions, which are noble, um, getting more people from all races to actually participate in the economy um, without any restrictions. Noble intentions for sure, but as we saw in our explainer video, a brilliant quote by Milton Friedman, where he says that we shouldn't be judging these government policies by their intention, as noble as they may be, but we should be judging them by the results. And as BE stands today, I think we've had a long enough time to see it in action. What has been its reality? So to use a specific example, we can look at ESCOM, where the com where big BE used as a fig leaf for cater deployment uh, resulted not only in poor maintenance, which meant that existing infrastructure didn't grow. It also resulted in very bad new projects that went 10 times over budget and still don't properly work. It also resulted in bloating the staff, according to Jabu Mabuza, the former ESCOM chairperson. Uh, ESCOM staff was like at least 33% bloated. 
maybe even more. Uh, Gwen Nguyenia, who happens to be the head of policy at the Democratic Alliance, uh, wrote a piece uh, called something like, if you don't see how BEE ruined ESCOM, uh, then you must have an eclipse of your brain, uh, <laughs> which I think is is kind of harsh. But if you, I mean, you know, and you can you can look at the macro level, you can look at the diesel contracts that yeah. ridiculously expensive. Okay, so that's just one SOE. Multiply that across the economy. What you see is huge elite enrichment. Um, so South Africa's uh, black top 10%, as defined by Stats SA, by 2015, mm. which is the latest data, was earning three times more than the white top 10%. Uh, and, and if you go back to the late 80s and early 90s, it was like, maybe 90 times more for the top white 10%. And now it's three times more for the top black percent, 10%. So that's a huge shift. At the same time, the black bottom 40% is earning 3.7% of national income. So the black bottom 30% is earning 3.7% of income. The black top 10% is earning 32% of income. It's yeah. a, it, that minority. So we've had... Uh, basically the fastest upward mobility for a small section of South Africans, black, white, Indian, and colored, who've managed to get on the BEE gravy train. They've done extremely well. It's very hard to find any country in the world where there are as many new dollar millionaires as in South Africa. Lots of upward mobility for very few politically connected people. For ordinary South Africans, uh, things got better in South Africa in general through the 2000s. But as BE yeah. starts kicking in, and you must remember that its implementation really starts in 2007, 2008. In the decade that follows that and the years that then follow that, you see a flat line in jobs and then a decrease. You see a flat line in gross fixed capital formation and then a decrease. And that decrease comes before the pandemic. You see the recessions coming before the pandemic with Ramaphosa. Then the pandemic comes, the lockdown comes, things are getting even worse. At this stage, most men our age and younger don't have a job. And I emphasize men because that is the source of the young angry men or the source of the worst social dislocations manifest, for example, in the July riots. Uh, the economy is impenetrable. There are palaces. There are mansions. Ordinary South Africans can't get their first job because jobs aren't being added to. And if you can't get your first job, you can't get your second job. People are being locked out. If you're in that small network that can get government tenders or can get business from businesses that will get government tenders, uh, then it's gravy. Uh, but mm. for everyone else, there's a shrinking pie with fewer and fewer crumbs for us to chase after. And uh, yeah, as, as was reflected in that video, 80% of respondents say they have not benefited from BEE. Sure. And you mentioned something important there. It's that this, that this, yeah, in rich, like connected um, elite are obviously gaining more wealth, while more and more people are actually being locked out out of um, the economy because they are not able to generate wealth, as you mentioned. And you actually think, just is a real quick question, that actually causes greater inequality that we have seen in South Africa because many people are like, you know, it's this capitalist free market. Um, mentality that's causing us to get, experience great inequality. But, I'm, but I'm, as you mentioned, that here is a government policy that has been <laughs> a catastrophe actually causing inequality in South Africa. 
Yeah, and causing the bad kind. Look, there are yes. there are good inequalities and there are bad inequalities. If you look at the South African rugby team, uh, the players there get paid more. They're much better than the guys playing at the local club that are more or less amateurs, okay? Yeah. So there's an inequality distribution, and you know what? It's good for us all. We get to ent be entertained. Right. Bad inequality comes when skills are being repressed, when the human urgent need to wake up in the morning and do something useful for society is impossible to satisfy because you can't get your foot in the door. The worst kind of inequality comes from unemployment. If you literally don't have a job, that's making the Gini coefficient go through the roof. South Africa's unemployment rate is just about the worst in any country that you'd want to compare us to in the world. That is the greatest source of our inequality. Uh, and that's the bad kind. And that is totally being fueled by a, a, a political climate that is hostile to investment, that chases away foreign money, that chases away domestic money, that chases away skills uh, and skilled people. Black and white South Africans are immigrating, unfortunately, in ever higher numbers to go to greener pastures where their property is safe, where their lives are safe, where the chance of going to sending their kids to a decent school is much higher and so on. BE uh, is, is undermining the basic human decency of meritocracy, where we treat each other on the content of our character. And it's also undermining uh, more and more South Africans' ability to eat. Sure. And despite all of these things you mentioned, there are actually plans already set in motion for stricter BE laws to be implemented in 2024. What are some of these changes that will be introduced next year in a few months' time? Yeah. So Parliament has just passed the Employment Equity Amendment Bill, uh, which then has to go to the National Council of Provinces and then just get signed by the president to, into law, uh, unless someone can stop it. Um, but let me not give that away. Here's what will happen if that passes into law. The Minister of Labor, Tulas and Tlesi, can just, can just decide what the quota is for all private businesses in various sectors. So Shoot. while there have been quotas... In national sports teams, which, for example, 80% of respondents, black, white, Indian, and colored, say they wish there wasn't. They wish it was just merit. There have been quotas in the public sector. There have been no quotas in the private sector that are reinforced by fines. Shonen, the fines, if you don't meet these quotas, can come up to 2.7 million rond, as they used to say, or 10% of annual turnover, of annual revenue. That's revenue before tax depreciation. Uh, and so on. There is almost no business in South Africa that can afford to pay a 10% uh, annual revenue fine. So that would be a death knell not only to that business, but to all its staff. And yeah, then so from there to all of the dependents on that staff. So that's just one of the laws. We also have BEE quota renegotiations coming up in 2022. Once again, the minister can just ramp up what the quotas are, and then that goes through the usual structures of businesses who wanted to business with government then have to ramp up their quotas in order to satisfy that. Unfortunately, this is all coming off the back of South Africa having ongoingly the worst public school system in the world. So there's a skills depreciation. The quality of our universities has substantially fallen since the fallist movement. Uh, so it's not, I mean, there are plenty of, plenty of talented people around, but they've already been hoovered up into businesses. If you want to try and grow your employment pool at the top skilled layer, uh, it's very difficult to do so. And if you can't do that according to the government's quotas, uh, then you can't add uh, more unskilled jobs for the millions of South Africans who de desperately need to get their foot in the door and were let down by a bad school system.
Sure. And if lockdown was really bad due to government interfering um, and setting the terms for businesses to operate, I can only believe that these stricter laws will be even worse. And they won't just be here for um, one lockdown, level two, level three, but these will continue for years to come if we do not see a change in government policy or if there's no if the reformers don't take action inside of the ANC, this will unfortunately continue. And it's, it's, it's really scary to think about. Um, but yeah, Gabriel, thank you once again for your analysis and for contributing to this discussion on BE. Um, genuinely appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for our viewers. Um, and we will see another episode. And don't forget that you can find us on IGTV, on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you consume social media content, that's where we're at. And to join family, you can support our fight for freedom and sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And remember, guys, that your freedom is always worth fighting for.